helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. In today's show, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services will be using the biblical text from 1 Samuel 16 to launch his topic, Overcoming the Not Good Enough Syndrome, Part 2. You can find out more about our not-for-profit organization or make a donation to our ministry by going to elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com, or by calling 1-877-544-3546. Let's go right into today's show. I am so excited to be back in studio today to continue the show that we did last week. Last week, we looked at part one of the series, Overcoming the Not Good Enough Syndrome. And we talked about this feeling of not being good enough that many people carry with them that they just can't seem to shake. It doesn't matter how much they have achieved or how much praise they get from others. There is this deep-seated feeling of not being good enough. And last week, we looked at some of the symptoms of not being good enough. We also looked at some of the root causes of not being good enough. And we got a little into the, I should say, a lot into what are some of the things that you can do if you have this not good enough syndrome. And we covered five of the six points, but we have one point that we thought was a big enough point that it warranted a show by itself. And so this week we are going to be doing that sixth point. And that sixth point that we want to cover today is the point that has to do with a person's spirituality, using your spirituality as a way of overcoming this feeling of not being good enough. So that sixth point that we are going to use this entire show to cover is allowing your spirituality to redefine who you are. There are so many Christians that are still walking around with this feeling of not being good enough. But before I go further into this show, let me first of all say thanks to those of you who have reached out to us during the week and said that you really enjoyed last week's show and you found it very helpful and you have taken some steps based on those five points that we covered last week to begin to beat this feeling of not being good enough. For those of you who have missed the first part of the show that we did last week, I encourage you to go to our YouTube channel. It's it's already up on the channel, How to Overcome the Not Good Enough Syndrome, Part 1. One And there you will find very useful information that can help you to take those first steps to overcoming the not good enough syndrome. So for those of you who listened last week, you knew also that we, we, you know that we use the biblical narrative in 1 Kings 16 as our la- launching point to talk about 
overcoming the not good enough syndrome. And it's the story of King David's family when Samuel the prophet visited to anoint one of Jesse's eight sons as king. And as the narrative goes, Jesse, David's father, invited David's seven other brother to the ceremony, but did not invite David. And so there are reasons as to why King David was not invited by Jesse. And we said last week that there are a number of reasons that made David's father consider him not good enough to be at that meeting. One of the things that we said last week is that David was not invited because he was not considered old enough. He was the youngest of the eight sons, and so his father may have thought of him as just being too young to be at such an important meeting. And being the youngest child sometimes can be something that is very hard to shake. There are many people that even as adults, they still carry this 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 image of being the youngest child, and so nothing that they say is good enough, and they they are never considered to be quite at the stature of their other siblings, despite their accomplishments, because they are still seen as the, the little baby of the family, even though they might be in their 40s and 50s. And so David was not invited by his father because he was not considered old enough. And another thing we said last week was that when the when prophet when the prophet Samuel saw David's sons, the seven sons approaching, his eyes immediately focused on Eliab. And Eliab was probably the tallest of the sons and a very great specimen of a man. And so Samuel's eye was drawn to Eliab to the point where God had to intervene and said, Samuel, stop looking at Eliab. Do not look at his outward appearance because God does not judge people by their outward appearance. So David was not tall enough or manly enough by considered manly enough to be at such a meeting. And so his father did not parade him in front of Samuel the way he did Eliab and, and the other sons. And and so David was excluded from this meeting. And we, we also said that David was not considered important enough because when Samuel examined these first seven sons and Samuel felt in his heart that None of these sons was the person that God wanted him to anoint as king. Samuel was puzzled and he said to, to Jesse, isn't there yet someone else? Do you have another child? But, but you have someone else, another son in your family that is not here at this meeting. And Jesse must have paused for a long time before he brought himself to say, yes, yes, there we have another son, but you know what? He, he is out looking after the sheep. There's one more, but he's tending 
the sheep. And we said that that word but seemed to imply that because David was the son that tended the sheep, he was not important enough to be at this meeting. So maybe you are carrying that stigma in your family as well, that maybe because of your occupation, maybe you didn't become the doctor or the lawyer and you chose a different pathway from your siblings. And maybe it wasn't the pathway that your parents were proud of. So despite the fact that it made you happy and you were successful in your pathway, you were not considered good enough or important enough for your family. David was not considered important enough. Why? Because he was only the son that tended to the sheep. However, when we consider the story of David and his family, we see that this stigma of not being good enough, not being tall enough, not being important enough, not being old enough, did not stop David from rising to the top. David went on to be the king of Israel and the greatest king that Israel ever had. So why is it that David was able to rise to such great heights, while some people who go through similar sufferings in their family never is never able to shake that feeling, and instead the feeling of not good enough caused them to overachieve, result in them becoming depressed, resulting in them becoming inferior in their achievement to their other siblings. What was David's secret? I would like to suggest today that David's secret was his spirituality, his relationship with God. Despite the fact that he might have had a bad relationship with his father, and despite the fact that he was not esteemed, we think I think that David's relationship with God was what propelled him to great success in life. And so in today's show, we are going to be looking at that that aspect of spirituality as one of the reasons, one of the points that we want to go into at great length to explain how you can use your spirituality to overcome obstacles and how you can let your spirituality propel you to great heights. So we are going to, this entire show is going to be devoted to looking deeply into that aspect of spirituality and how you can use your spirituality, allow your spirituality to help you to overcome and to achieve great heights. So last week, we looked at five of the other reasons of other five other uh, things that you can do to help you to overcome and get over this feeling of not being good enough. But today we want to focus on how you can allow your spirituality to redefine who you are in the way that King David did. We see that King David seemed to have been at odds with his brothers. There was something going on in the dynamic of that family that made King David 
the outcast. So we are told in Psalm 69.8 that King David was estranged from his brother. In 1 Samuel 7 verse 28, we see Eliab rebuking David and telling him that he has wickedness in his heart when he came to the battle where Goliath had faced down against the entire army of Israel. And so we, we also see that there seemed to be uh, some emotional distance between he and his brothers that none of his brothers came to his rescue when King Saul was trying to kill David. Instead, it was King Saul's own son, Jonathan, that became, became that came to David's rescue and looked out for David. Where were his other seven brothers? None of them was in the picture protecting David, only King Saul's son, Jonathan. So there was something happening there that, that wasn't quite right in that family dynamic. But yet we see that David overcame this and he rose to great heights. And as we read the psalm, we get the picture of a man who, despite his flaws and his failures had a very deep relationship with God. And I believe it is this very deep relationship with God that allowed King David to overcome the not good enough syndrome, or at least allow him not to develop that syndrome despite how he was treated in his family. And I'm saying to all of you listening today that your spirituality is the greatest asset that you have to overcome this tool of the sorry this the scar of not being good enough and so I want to get into that so as we go into that the first thing I want to point out is that how you have been treated by your family the things that happen in your household can be seen as ungodly words that were spoken over you or ungodly counsel if you were told that you were stupid or that you would never amount to anything or if that you were treated in ways that made you feel inferior those things are ungodly counsel or ungodly curses that were spoken over your life. And Psalm 1 gives us the antidote to ungodly counsel or curses that were spoken over you. And I want to read a few verses from Psalm 1 as we talk about ungodly counsel. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. So that's the antidote right there for to ungodly counsel. When someone has these words that are spoken over them, these ungodly words that are spoken, the tendency is to let these words, ungodly words, define us. Words such as you're stupid, you're not good enough, what's wrong with you? And you you sit in that in that place. 
But the psalmist here in Psalm 1 says that the antidote is to meditate on the word of God day and night. And that's the, the that's one of the ways that you're going to, or this is a sort of overview of the way in which you can let your spirituality redefine and shape who you who you who you are and there's a lot of thoughts the lot of talks these days about mindfulness and mindfulness has become this new buzzword in counseling circles where where people are talking about the great benefits from mindfulness but did you know that mindfulness has a spiritual element to it because in mindfulness all a person is doing is fixing their minds on something else that is not their problem so if you have a problem you don't sit and meditate on the problem you meditate on things that can keep your mind away from the problem and give you hope michael will be right back you have been listening to the life transformation show where award-winning psychotherapist michael hart of elim counseling services has been speaking on the topic overcoming the not good enough syndrome part two you can find out more about us at elimcounselingministry.com where you can also make a donation to this Christ-centered ministry. Back to Michael. And so in Psalm 1, David said he meditates on the law of the Lord. In other words, the words of God. And he meditates on it day and the night. So even while he's going about his task, even when he's been ridiculed by his brothers, even when he's in the field with the sheep, he's meditating on what God God's word says about him. In research that was done by Benjamin Shapiro of Harvard University and Galliel Desbordes, who is a neuroscientist, they examined people who meditated over a two-month period. And what they found was very fascinating. They said that people who meditated every day over a two-month period, that there were actually physical changes that took place in the part of the brain called the amygdala. And we have talked a lot about the amygdala in this in, in this in this show that we radio show that we have been doing for several years now. And we have said that it's the center of the brain that stores emotions. And so if you have had a trauma or if you have had some bad experiences, the fight or flight response is triggered by memories that are stored in the amygdala. And these researchers found that just after two months of meditating, that the brain scans that they did show that there were physical changes in the amygdala, even when the subjects that were being scanned, even when they were not meditating. So in other words, even when they're going about their daily task, there is still a positive change in the area of the of the brain called the amygdala. So today I want to, to go into some specific things that you can meditate on that will definitely help you to activate that 
part of your brain and help you to overcome this feeling of not being good enough. And so here are six principles that you can meditate on. The first principle has to do with developing the mindset of strong versus weak. A lot of us who have had adversities in our life tend to see ourselves as being weak. But did you know that the very things that have hurt you in the past can also make you stronger in the present? David went through many obstacles in his childhood. We said that he was isolated. He wasn't esteemed in his family. He spent a lot of time in isolation out in the field with, with, the, with the sheep. But David became stronger. That time alone in the field was the time when he developed a great relationship with God and realized that he could trust God in times of danger. So when it came to the battle of Goliath, David was able to say, I have had experiences out in the field where I have protected the sheep against wild animals. And so that same God is going to help me to win this battle against Goliath. So the strong versus weak mindset says the the hardships, the persecutions, the difficulties will not break me. They will make me stronger. And you can actually meditate on that. Spend time thinking about how these things have made you stronger and ways ways in which you have become better as a result of these hardships. Second Corinthians 10 verse 12 tells us, That is why, for the sake of Christ, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So strong versus weak. The second point is wise versus stupid. So strong versus weak. Second is wise versus stupid. James 1.5 tells us, Now if any one of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. So you might have been told that you are stupid and you have those words, those curses spoken over your life, but your spirituality is saying that you are not stupid. You are. You can be wise in Christ. If you lack wisdom, all you have to do is ask, and God will give generously, the Bible says, generously. So see yourself as having a generous amount of wisdom and meditate on that, and that can help you to overcome this feeling of being stupid. And the third point is special versus defective. Maybe you were made to feel you were mistaken. Maybe you were even told that by your your parents that you weren't planned and that they were so disappointed that you you were a, a 
girl and not a boy or the other way around. But First Peter 2 verse 9 tells us, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession to proclaim the virtues of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So start seeing yourself as being chosen. Start seeing yourself as being special and meditate on that. And that will begin to change the stress responses that you have because you were you have been made to feel defective. And the next the next of the seven principles is loved versus neglected. Maybe you have been made to feel that you are not loved in your family of origin or even experiences that you have had in adult life. Maybe you have had your heart broken and you're beginning to feel as if you're not loved. But I want you to to think about Jeremiah 31 verse 3 where it tells us, that the Lord appeared to us in the past saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, I have drawn you with loving devotion. Think about that. The God of the universe is saying that he has loved you with an everlasting love. And so begin to change that mindset of not being loved and to see yourself as loved versus neglected. And then the the next point is capable versus incapable. Philippians 4 verse 13 tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so maybe you were, you grew up with the mindset that you were not good enough to amount to anything, that others would always be better than you and that there is a limit to your potential. But in this verse, it tells us that we can do all things, not through our strength, but through the strength of God who resides in us. And so this mindset of capable versus incapable is something that you should meditate on. See yourself as strong. See yourself as having the potential to accomplish great things and change that negative mindset. Change those unfavorable words that that were spoken over you that made you feel as if you can't. And take that word can't out of your vocabulary and replace it with the word can. And just this simple meditation on the things that you can now achieve, the things you can see yourself doing, can cause a profound change in what you're able to achieve. And the final mindset, the final thing I would like you to meditate on is forgiven versus condemned. Many of us have been made to feel terrible about ourselves because of how we were treated as children. Maybe you were abused and you sexually abused and you felt defective. Or maybe you were physically abused and you see yourself as as if there's something wrong with you, why others could have treated you that way. And you walk around with a lot of condemnation that you must have done something wrong to deserve what happened to you. But this mindset say that you are not condemned, you are forgiven. And Romans 8 verse 11 
tells us that therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Research out of the University of Pennsylvania tells us that this feeling of being forgiven by God affects positively our well-being and leads to longer life and also minimizes a lot of suffering that and sicknesses that people have. So see yourself as being forgiven and not condemned. So there you have it, these points, I think, these six principles, if you meditate on them, you will begin to use your spirituality to overcome this feeling of not being good enough. If you are new to this show, I want to remind you that we are on the air every Monday morning at 9.30. I'd also like to remind you that we have over 200 shows on our YouTube channel that you can access and on a number of topics. We also want to encourage you to donate to our our channel, donate to our ministry as a way of helping us to continue to pro- provide these podcasts and to provide counseling to many people who have a need for counseling but might not be able to afford it. I want to also thank those of you who have supported the ministry and those of you who have uh, commented on our podcast. If you haven't commented on any of these shows, you can comment by going to our YouTube channel. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and to keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. <music>